Well, hello and welcome, everyone. So glad you could be here. Oh, let me get my notes in the right place here. It wasn't exactly where I thought. Okay, today's focus, the cloud. It's that magical place where infrastructure costs less, software upgrades just happen. IT can instantly scale up or down in response to your needs. Services can be added on a whim. Tickets are resolved in record time. Has that been your experience? I mean, cloud is a broad term, right? We can fight over uh, for hours over definitions and nuance, but it's this actual lack of clarity um, that's a big issue, but it's not stopped many of us from jumping in and, and reaching for all those golden benefits. But chances are, are, chances are quite good that you've already discovered that this is indeed a perilous journey. Now, we just have one guest with us for today's show, uh, but in his work through a range of organizations, both large and small, he has found consistent threads commonalities, if you will, through all of them. We're going to share those. But it's the kind of things that you want to know and do before you embark on a, on a cloud journey. Things you will still find valuable, though, even if you're already somewhat on that path and now realizing that it's not what you first imagined it would be. But it doesn't have to be this way. Again, today's guest, he's got extensive knowledge and more than a few opinions for how the cloud journey can be drastically improved with better decision making. Well, my name is Rob Boyd. Welcome to Tech 37, your home for technology, education, and collaboration from your friends at Worldwide Technology. It's time to get started and meet our guest. Well, Paul, how are you doing? Welcome to Tech 37. Good. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm Absolutely. doing well. Absolutely. So I pumped you up a little bit, talking about your expertise and your background. Um, I, I pump it up as if I'm not aware, but because we've talked about this before. But for the sake of those who haven't had the privilege of, of asking you these questions prior, like I have, do you mind describing for us, what do you do for Worldwide Technology? How would you describe it? Sure. Uh, well, I'm a multi-cloud consultant. Um, I work primarily in helping customers to achieve their desired business outcomes. Uh, mostly through complex transformational programs that involve uh, migrations to cloud. Okay. Okay. So it is very cloud focused. And, and, yeah. I, and I also said in the open, I might as well check this, my fact check it with you, but is, is it indeed large and small, would you say, in terms of your, your consulting gigs and your actual projects and stuff? Um, I'm mostly uh, on large programs. Okay. Probably mostly more complexity. I've worked with small, smaller customers and, you know, throughout my career. Uh, but predominantly, it's the it's the much larger uh, businesses that I work with. Well, now you Fortune do because I've already years. said it. Yeah, and since I said it, it's pretty much gospel. Um, well, let me start with this. Um, I have to admit because this is and this this realization came about in conversation with you. But when I hear cloud, my ins my uh, instinctive reaction is to start framing it in terms of IT infrastructure. That's what I'm always kind of looking out for. Um, but from your perspective, I realize that might be short-sighted just to kind of uh, not bury the lead here. But what would you say is the ideal approach when it comes to rationalizing when I think of, oh, it's, we're, we're going to be migrating applications and, and um, uh, perhaps even rationalize what, what, how we do that and where we do it and how fast and all those type of things. But is it, is it wrong to think of it purely in IT infrastructure terms when we think of cloud and the journey involved? Yeah, so I, I see a lot of, of customers starting in that space. They think of the cloud and they immediately go to their IT organizations and they think about all the technical challenges for moving. Um, and certainly those are important aspects that need to be uh, worked through. But I think first and foremost, uh, you're, you're moving to the cloud for some sort of a business reason. 
And that business reason needs to come first. So if you're, if you're keeping your business goals top of mind, uh, and then you're aligning uh, to those, those business outcomes that they're looking for, um, then I think that the technical pieces will fall into place. You'll be able to get your organizational components uh, aligned. And, and that's the place where you're going to actually start getting some of those values that you laid out where you, you know, with the magical cloud. Okay. So there's two different, it's kind of, if it leaving, still staying in the overly generalized category here. Uh, the idea though, that there's a, there's a technical side that's important, but you're saying there's a outcome focused or a business side, because I'm sure those overlap. Uh, let's just say a business outcome, a positive, something for the business that's positive in terms of an outcome as to why we would be, uh, but are you saying, and just be direct about, it, are you saying that a lot of people, when you've engaged, you're seeing, you've seen, you've seen patterns where that is missing, or you've, you've come to find out that maybe you're chasing one set of things and it, and it points back to those type of things being something that needs to be added or considered. Yeah, I think that, uh, the, the folks that are tasked with cloud quite often, uh, don't have an articulated business uh, vision or strategy that they can tie their their work to and so what we see with that is a lot of very technical approach very tactical uh, components that they're trying to address and and those can clearly add a benefit and value to a business but it, i think it misses the broader opportunity that exists out there for for really transforming your business and, and doing the things that are more than likely truly aligned with what they would like to become I feel like in, in many ways, a lot of customers are just, and I'm probably just, it's my way of generically saying, I often will think this way, but I'll say a lot of customers because that way I can it sound like it's not just me, but I do think it's shared. This notion of, of um, even joking, uh, people say, well, what is cloud? Well, it's basically, it's just someone else's data center, um, which might be a little bit of a, a misnomer in the sense that certainly you could point to reasons why that's true, but it sounds like that is also a little bit short-sighted um, because moving to cloud can be a rather disruptive thing. But in, in, when I say disruptive in this sense, though, I mean, it should be a positive thing, right? We're moving to the cloud to do something differently. But uh, why would you say cloud has been so disruptive and why it, any way you want to take that? Because I'm thinking it's, it's disruptive potentially negatively, but also disruptive in the sense that it changes business models, I'm guessing, is what, probably where you'd, you'd want to tackle that? Sure. So, you know, if you think about cloud as... Uh, that thing that you go and buy, right? You're, you're buying fundamentally data center resources in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I think that's where that, that mentality comes from. But if you think a little bit more broadly about cloud, it's really an operating model, it's a concept. And that starts to get into you know, the people side, the process side, the, the, the core business capabilities, uh, how you manage finances, uh, how you can work with your customers. And that suddenly starts to pull way away from, you know, cloud as a data center, as, you know, yeah. as the, the core of the conversation there. Well, and it also makes me wonder if, uh, because I think one of the things that obviously one, one key theme that we're speaking of today is this fact that there's a, uh, I always think of it as managing expectations, is we set a certain set, of, we have a certain set of expectations that may be established by vendors or, or, or marketing and commercials and different things like this. Uh, like when it says 5G on my phone, I have an expectation that that should be better than what I'm actually seeing happen with my phone. Maybe that's why there's an E after it. Um, you know, what's going on? Do I have the right expectations? But cloud, it gets, of course, you're talking about big fundamental changes to the business that require a different mindset and thus uh, a lot of different things need to be considered. So you mentioned upskilling the workforce, uh, reorganizing, um, let's say, the structure, uh, even the business value metrics. I, 
I guess all the above. What 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 is the right place to start? How do we minimize this and say it sounds big and scary, and maybe that's why some people haven't done it initially? I don't know. What are your opinion though, too? In that, do you think people are not doing these type of things on purpose, or is it just simply they're moving too fast and they're executing? What does that leap before you look or something to that effect? Yeah, so um, I think there's a number of aspects here. I'm going to try to break your question down a little bit. Yeah, you can take it any way you want. It wasn't um, a very good question. <laughs> um, so clearly you have to go and change the IT strategies, right, okay. when, when you're looking at going into cloud. And that's where a lot of the focus goes. You know, that's the uh, how, where's my data going to go and how am I going to you know, live in this new world and how do I back it up and make sure that it's secure. Um, how do I run apps? Because that that model looks a lot different. There's so many new opportunities and technologies to address in there. Uh, what's going to happen with cybersecurity? How do I transition my operations from you know running everything in house to something where I can't physically touch it and see it? Um, so there's a lot of you know uh, strategy alignment that has to happen inside of there in IT, and I think that's where most of the focus goes because the IT organization is typically the one that's you know, quote unquote, leading the cloud initiative. But if again, if you think a little bit more broadly about this, uh, when you start engaging in a, in a cloud journey, you start to see a lot of changes around, you know, like you mentioned with your phone, you see 5G, you now have this expectation that it's going to be better. Well, that's what happens with the business expectations. They expect that it's going to be faster, it's going to be cheaper, we're going to be able to develop more, we're going to be able to engage with our customers faster. And so they're looking for those expectations that um, are probably not something that your in-house group can handle, right? They can't handle that, that pace of change. Um, your business processes should be changing along there, right? So if you're looking at how you engage with your customer, how you do your product development, how quickly you can roll out new applications, how quickly you could absorb change in the organization for maybe keeping things up to date or more secure, um, all of those require process changes. And then yeah. that leads into needing upskilling, right? You have a whole new set of, of uh, knowledge that you have to drive in, and that knowledge is... You got some noisy co-workers. No, don't worry. It's a, yeah. This is life right now, right? So you've, you've got That's some right. animals. You've got some dogs. So, I understand quite a few. But yeah, keep going. The best you can. So, so the, the upskilling requirements there for... I think lunch just got here. Uh, uh, so the, yeah. the organizational structures need to start changing. You know, these organizations should be aligned and talking to each other much differently than they talked to in the past. Um, and then how do you measure all of that? And if we look at the way this has been done traditionally with data centers, um, those models start to fall apart. And so You're saying the measurement that, that we would do in a traditional data center versus cloud, the measurements should be or need to be different? Is that what you're saying? Or did I... Absolutely, because they become much more business outcome focused rather than tracking technology and asset management and the types of things that have historically driven IT organizations. So, you know, I, that's to me why cloud becomes so disruptive to these organizations, okay. right? But couldn't the business, sorry, just to dwell on that for a second, theoretically, I mean, well, I mean, cloud doesn't become the excuse to start measuring your business per se. So you could be measuring certain things. Maybe you've got more or different things to measure or different metrics to pay attention to when you move to cloud. But I, I mean, I know some businesses are certainly measuring those things, but, or am I not thinking of this in the right way? I, I think there's often a disconnect between the IT organization's metrics and the businesses. Oh, okay. You're saying, like and the silos. Okay. Cloud, this is getting... Because everything is okay. coming together, yep. those need to start bridging. 
gotcha. more directly Which, than they yeah. do. Okay, that makes sense because it's also something cloud or not. I, I think those of us in technology uh, would have, would argue that this is something that's been needing to happen for quite a while. But I think there's also a lot of more interesting things, and, and it feels like boy, you need to measure more, especially if. Uh, even if it's just to cope with the fact that things are further away from you suddenly and you need to know how yeah. you're operating and some of the same, I mean, like the fact that, I don't know if you, you, you ever know, you walk into a, uh, a computer room, data center, whatever you want to call it, because I think one's smaller than another, but pretty much the same function. Um, and when you've been doing those things for a while, I don't know about you, I can always feel when something's running differently. It's a different fan speed. Uh, it's a different feel in the room. Usually I think it must be something with the ears, but I can always tell that there's something I need to chase down. Now that's not foolproof, even close. But, you know, it reminds me of that. And, of course, you can't do that with the cloud because you're not going to be there in the same room with any of this stuff. Um, right. But also it, it, it strikes me that part of what you want to figure out by tying in the business is uh, I think about properly setting expectations, as we spoke of, but also being able to um, – Hey, what's I, I'm gonna not phrase this correctly, but the 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 thing the old saw about uh, uh, you know if you don't if you're not specific about a goal, then you'll never hit it, you know. Or there's some variation that's probably smarter sounding than that. But the notion of you you set a goal because you want to measure: are we investing and then getting improvement? Are we are, are these changes that we're making? Because even if it's even if it is cost saving or something to that effect, it's still going to be time spent at a minimum, you know, and, and anything you start to invest, you go, are you getting a return on that? And, um, and, and really taking this, making this your excuse to, to start tying things into the business and seeing how those things overlap. So goals are important. You mentioned, okay, so I'll just jump in. Sorry. I was just free thinking here just a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically, how do you get started with a strategy? What kind of stuff do you start? But I know we had talked about, because we talk about goals for an organization, it can seem overwhelming, but you broke things down into three areas that you t that you said they tend to fall into, and I wonder if you could give some examples. But speed and agility, cost savings being a second kind of bucket, and then innovation being the third bucket. Uh, start with speed and agility, if you will. But uh, yeah, how did we get started with strategy, and what kind of things have you seen successful here? So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up just for a second, Rob. Um, when we say strategy, that means a ton of things to, to everybody, right? You, know, you have five people in a room and they'll give you seven answers for what a strategy is. And so I, I completely you know, agree with what you're saying. I think you have to start with a strategy and you have to define those goals. Um, I think the thing that ends up uh, holding back a lot of folks on that is being able to define that vision and understand the, you know, that, that, that nirvana that you want to achieve when you go to cloud. Um, it's easy, but coming up with that plan for what are you actually going to do and, and get there, right? And then okay. those those three things which you you re respond uh, asked me about speed, agility, cost savings, are um, I think things that come out of that that plan. Okay. 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 So um, when I think about the planning process, the planning portion of strategy, I'm looking for um, understanding the approach that you're going to take. Right. So maybe there's some cloud, maybe there's some consolidation, maybe there's some application rationalization, maybe there's some new development processes that you want to do. Maybe there's some new product that you want to develop for your customers um, and being able to lay out what your approach to achieving that business objective is, is pretty important. And then defining some milestones through there so that you understand these are all measurable. Um, we'll build on the success as we go. We're prepared to shift. Uh, you know, it's a pretty fast technology space. So um, we need to be prepared to, to roll with the punches on that. 
Um, and then I, identifying uh, up front the real types of resource requirements and, and how you're going to fund those engagements, right? Those are all things that I think when someone says strategy, that's what we're really trying to develop, right? It's not just, you know, the vision for the future. It's not just that, you know, that, uh, that end state that you would love to get to. Um, so, well, I like your, so I like your point on the milestones because there's this fact that, that we need to measure something early on to see if we're on track and make sure that that is. But without the strategic outlook, you're not going to know where to place those milestones and if they're even reasonable. Because you could always adjust them, I guess, but you need to start somewhere and then figure right. out, okay, is that doable in actual in reality? Okay. Right. Yeah. And that allows you to get it into the budget cycles and your resource planning processes and, and all of those, right? Um, so, yeah, there are three basic uh, strategies that come out of here, right? One is uh, trying to approach a speed and agility. Another is around cost savings. We see that one a lot. Another one is around new innovations. And, okay. you know, I can, I can absolutely give some examples there. Um, you know, I was working with a very large uh, aerospace com uh, company, and uh, they were measuring their deployment of new uh, systems in quarters. So, you know, they were happy if they could get it less than two quarters for a deployment. So six months to deploy a new system. And clearly, you know, by today's standards, we would think, well, why isn't that ours? You know, I can, I can go online. Yeah, it depends I can, on the system, <laughs> but yeah. Certainly. And, and what it turned out to be, um, their challenge was, was their organizations were so siloed and it was so, there was so much friction between the organizations to get anything done that you know, each step was a manual handoff. Each step required a lot of approvals. Um, and at any step, it could kick it all the way back to the beginning of the process to, to restart. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of work with, you know, identifying uh, what types of opportunities we have for automation, how do we make this a lot more frictionless between the organizations, how do we tie these organizations together in a way that um, allows us to work uh, more smoothly. Um, you know, and these are all modern things, but you know, that's one of the, one of the places that we're able to definitely help them. Well, so me, we've, we've pulled that back to uh, a much, much shorter time frame now. Let me ask you on that one before you go into the next category, though. Um, so with that customer and you talk about the importance, because it does tie back to what you said before in terms of these outcome focused goals are something you're not talking about IT's goals um, or even any other non IT department. The technology touches everybody. So you're talking about something bigger over multiple departments. So I mean, even the gathering of what do you want to achieve sounds like something that happens in the planning phase that you're speaking of and developing the strategy, because that's going to involve getting outside the office and outside the data center, so to speak, and going, if you don't already have that relationship, it becomes something that, and of course, I'm here I go, look at that. I'm speaking from an IT perspective. So I guess what you almost start to see how trapped I get with that. Um, I bet what you're talking, you must, must be an importance in having some type of executive level commitment in these type of things. We've done other Tech 37 shows on, on embracing kind of the agile method for, uh, mm -hmm. for making change, you know, which is extended beyond just developers. But it really is about also getting the right people, setting achievable goals, and really measuring on a consistent, ongoing basis so you can quickly iterate. It sounds, like, it sounds like that would all fit naturally into what you're saying is important to happen, ideally before you start making big investments and big changes. Uh, to anything so, with regards to cloud. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, the, you know, this is the thing that you, we all know, and we can rationally talk about, but then we don't necessarily internalize it. So it comes right. out, you know, yeah. 
Um, but the, the only reason that, that IT is managing data and applications is to support business processes. Right. At the end right? of the day, what are we here At for? At the end of the day, that's really yeah. what you're doing. So starting with the back end of that on the technical side, I think misses the point. Okay. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, in, in the case of uh, uh, this company that's looking for speed and agility, IT's ability to deliver it fast or slow is really not that relevant. Yeah. Right. Not, not to IT. But it right. is very relevant to you know the developer that's out there, the engineer that's running, the manufacturing uh, organization that's trying to do something better. All of those guys are looking at that six-month delay as you're now delaying my benefit for this new thing that I want to do by six months. So you have to go and use those folks, right? That's what's really driving your value of you know speed and agility. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when it comes to setting those milestones, that type of conversation may say we've got a level of granularity that needs to be addressed, and that's going to have a, a cascade effect, but it's certainly much less expensive to start addressing these things in your in your paper planning mode, so to speak, you know, before you're actually deploying and then you're, you're paying for something that's not giving you any kind of value, perhaps, because you've already entered into agreements or contracts. And well, let me ask you... Right. So I know one answer to this question is, and we're going to get into these buckets, don't worry. But the, the one answer to this question in the same area is this notion, you know, uh, this sounds hard. So if, if I'm a big organization, whether I'm aerospace or not, I, I think so many companies have, you know, challenges with departments communicating. And IT has become integral to everything, so it touches everything. So there's good reasons and easy, easier arguments than ever, perhaps, to make for those having to have those conversations. But other than hiring you, which I'm still going to say is a good way to do it, uh, and working with worldwide technology because we'll spoiler alert. Um, but I agree there, with that. Other right. things, okay, good, good, good. Uh, that's number one. That's Plan A. Plan B. I don't know. Are there certain things you learned from, say, that aerospace company uh, that apply towards? Uh, did you make recommendations to them that you can share in terms of how do they begin bridging those relationships when they finally maybe eyes were open to the importance and why that was holding back certain things? And I know that's not the whole story, but if we look at it in isolation, I don't know. Are there any kind of takeaways that we could share on that? Uh, you know, the, the simplest uh, way that I think about it is the, the better you define your problem or your opportunity or that thing that you're trying to solve, the better you can define that, the more self-evident the solution is. Yeah. And so if you want to bridge these organizations together, uh, getting agreement on, first of all, what is the problem or, or opportunity or so forth, right? Yeah. Identifying what that is uh, and then agreeing that we're going to go and address that problem. We're going to be relatively narrow-minded in focus uh, on that. Um, helps bridge a lot of the infighting, it helps garner support between the organizations. Uh, it can be used as you know the uh, way that you incent those organizations when they understand this is what we're trying to accomplish. And, yeah. um, and the, the process of doing that also allows all of those other voices that you know there are other perspectives on this or other views to at least get those out there on paper and then agree that those will be addressed maybe at a later date, right? So they've been heard. They understand these are the things that, you know, are, are bothering them. But collectively, we agree that this is going to be our new focal point, And that helps bridge those organizations and get them working together better. Yeah. Okay. So the framing around we rather than me or, you know, in terms of how we, you know, the, the, I'm, I feel like I'm into pithy uh, quotes that should be on a poster. If we had those, those uh, demotivational posters, what were those funny ones that came out that were all... Yeah. Dark. Yeah, whatever I think it was, it was called. Um, okay, so you mentioned... 
Yeah. Dude, do you have, I appreciate that. We have to appeal to a broad audience. We don't want to think anybody we're going in the wrong direction. Um, okay, so you mentioned speed and agility, and you, you talked about the, the barriers that was revealed in, the, in their engagement in terms of understanding uh, departmental communication and the importance there to the, hitting those goals. Uh, cost savings was the kind of the second bucket you mentioned that many goals tend to fall into. What's, Im- what's important about goals that are around cost savings and what kind of things should we be looking for? Yeah, I think, you know, cost savings becomes kind of the de facto uh, reason. If you don't have a better reason to go into cloud, then we're probably going to uh, save something, right? Either through operational efficiency or because I believe I can get things cheaper or, or that moving to an OPEX model means that I don't have to go out and do capital requests in the same way or, yeah. or something along That's those lines. That's one of lines. the big drivers, right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, working with a, a, a large bank in the Midwest, um, you know, what we found there was they had a lot of sprawl. They had things all over the place. You know, uh, there were a lot of different processes. There was a, a lack of standards that those silos, again, impact people in, in slowing things down. So operationally, uh, you compensate for that by hiring more people to manage through all of that handholding and the manual processes and so forth. Oh, so throw people at it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, you know, what you do and the more complex it gets. Uh, the more it seems impossible to peel that apart and, and fix it. So uh, at some point, um, you reach a, a, a threshold that says, I can no longer, this is no longer a viable uh, model for us. It's unwieldy. And, yeah. Right. Like, so, like a Jenga tower. Eh, then, look at that. See, I got all kinds <laughs> exactly. of You pulled that one last piece, right? Yeah. The, so, <clears throat> um, you know, the thing that really helped us there was executive sponsorship. Okay. Clear goal. We're going to go and make this cleaner. We're going to make this more cost effective. We're going to run, make this run more smoothly. Um, and then all the support for bringing those systems together and driving that cost savings uh, component. Right. That's, uh, you know, I'll keep hitting on the alignment part again and again and again. Yeah, right? and I figured that was going to be a recurring single-minded focus for their strategy. This is going to be cost savings. This is going to be reduction in complexity. Um, we were going to, yeah. But I think what's important that you're saying there that, I mean, just pulling it out again, still staying at a high level, but this notion of a lot of us uh, have in organizations have turned to cloud to say, I want to move to an, an OPEX model. Um, hopefully it's not shadow IT. And that's why they're wanting to move to an OPEX model because they've got a signing you know level that's perhaps easier to negotiate than, uh, than the process they want to go through with their POs. Uh, but, you know, setting up a new vendor relationship. But even if cost savings is your goal, it sounds like what you're saying is, is that without the proper pre-work and goal setting and understanding of why you're setting goals to be a certain way, and then because you'd mentioned also where I noted it, the resources required to do that. You mentioned that under the speed and uh, prior to speed and agility, but it encompasses all of it. Is it? I would imagine you're then not hitting your cost savings. You're not going to hit the goals you set. But now if you set goals and you did that work, you could determine is the work we're doing still worth it based on what we're calculating? You know, are we setting those correctly and are they achievable? I guess is what I'm boiling it down to. Sure. Yeah. If you consolidate those, those views together, you can certainly do a much better cost benefit analysis. You'll understand your true cost of doing it. You'll understand your true cost of cloud. You'll understand the true benefits to uh, the business processes that you're impacting. Right. If you can lay those those things out very clearly, then um, this just becomes a very simple math equation. Yeah, well, and I think it's simple math as long as you have all the right integers or all the right inputs, uh, because if you leave some out, then all of a sudden you find out that, oh, well, when you do add more numbers, they the numbers the, the in the summation gets 
bigger. I'm failing on that one, but you know what I mean? Math, math. It's math. all about math. Simple. Simple math. <laughs> okay. and, and, and a lot of organizations yeah. really struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I struggle with it. But again, here I go um, comparing myself to every organization out there, which is probably not the right way to proceed. Okay, so speed and agility, cost savings. And then you, you'd also said that another bucket a lot of these goals will fall into is around innovation. Specifically, what examples would you cite for new innovation that someone might be going through? Because I figure a lot of people fall in all these categories when they look at cloud. Yeah, so uh, I was working with a, a large pharmaceutical company. And one of the things that uh, they had recently embarked on was uh, migrating uh, to a, a cloud smart, pseudo cloud first sort of a, a, a mentality. They were bringing in a lot of private cloud capabilities. They were moving a lot of things to public cloud. And that was for all of their, their enterprise apps. And, and they brought in some folks to help them with standardizing, uh, bringing the different business units together and, and working in a much more cohesive manner. Um, and I think that that tied into both the speed agility and the cost saving side, but then that left out their innovation group. So they have, you know, all of these scientists and developers that are coming up with new things and their needs are different than the things that you need to run enterprise software. You know, that the backend systems and the endpoint software and those types of things are just a different problem to solve. So now you've got all these folks that are ready to go and do development, but they're hampered by the fact that there's no place for them to do that. Um, they, uh, they had a very good plan. These are all the things I'm going to make. These are the things that technologically we know we can advance in this, in this, uh, uh, industry. Um, but there was no way for them to really, uh, allow those guys to go out there and do great work. So they were doing about an innovation a year is all they were able to get. And their goal was to move it up a hundredfold. We want to do, you know, three or 400 of these innovations a year. And they had the plans. They knew all the things that they wanted to create. So yeah, it sounds like they're doing the right the, things. They just missing a few critical inputs. Is yeah. That that, well, it's okay. uh, how do you start to bridge the gap between uh, what, what I refer to as IT and OT, right? So the IT is the side that's running the in-house components. The OT is doing new product development, new capabilities and services that that company can provide to the external world. Yeah. And uh, the, the OT component really didn't have a good place to play inside of this. They needed uh, safer places to uh, do their, their research, to uh, create new environments that they could make customer facing. Uh, but they, they need to make sure that whatever they did there um, didn't pull away from all the consolidation, the standardization efforts that were going on inside the IT side. Um, they needed to make sure that uh, they didn't break cybersecurity principles, that they didn't uh, suddenly expose uh, you know, customer data or patient data or even the internal data in, in the wrong places. Um, so then it was a matter of setting up an organization that could be focused on the OT, bridge it to the IT, and make sure that everybody played well together. Yeah, because it sounds like you know, certain things you want them to remain kind of an island or a silo at to a certain degree because they need that freedom to maybe to do that kind of innovation. But at the same time, you don't do that blindly and you don't, you don't just do it in a generic way and ignore them uh, accidentally or not. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I cut you off though. Well, and yeah, that's the, the last thing is, is um, they needed the ability to bring features in faster, you know, new, new capabilities that are introduced through cloud, uh, new software opportunities. They needed a way to build those in faster than the internal organization could uh, normally ex uh, 
that they could normally support, right? As you're trying to, you know, highly standardize this environment, you can't just keep changing it, right? But inside of the development areas, you can, you can afford that. And you have people that specialize in it's very small buckets of things. Yeah. And I, it reminds me, it's funny because I remember um, working for a, a different large company and, and we had a lot of labs where things were being developed and there were different rules about what, you know, those Ethernet ports and everything else. Yeah, I think from a security perspective, you know, everything was kind of sectioned off, but there were still needs for uh, bandwidth and there were still needs sometimes to test on production. Uh, I should say test on production, but you know what I mean, with a, in the right manner, uh, whatever your rules are. But um, uh, and then also I think about, you know, so how many people have. Uh, these people uh, doing development and they're doing like AI models. They have huge, uh, huge technological needs, um, you know, as they're running different models and things like this that, that, that can't survive uh, without those resources. But if you don't provide them, because I remember this has always come up, is that you end up, um, everyone always finds a way, right? You're, I'm always going to do my job. You're always going to do your job. Whether that means playing by the rules or not, if I can't play by the rules and feel like I'm still getting it done, of course, it depends on who you work for, I guess. But, uh, you know, you, you run after and you go, ah, I'm going to I'm going to go engage with these services to be able to do these things. And then pretty much, uh, you know, just further digging us deeper into things that we have trouble controlling as we're moving forward. OK. Yeah, no, that's spot on. OK, excellent. excellent. So, OK, so so those three buckets, everything tends to fall in there as we're kind of wrapping things up. I, I want to get some last recommendations from you in terms of anything tactical you can share in terms of first steps. Uh, it may be the right way to look at this, if, if at all possible, is to kind of talk about what happens when you, if I come to you as a company, and I know that you're a multi-cloud consultant focused on transformation, however you want to put it. So you're going to help me transform my business. What type of things are you going to need me to provide to you? Where's the question going to go? Uh, are there certain people perhaps, because uh, let's say I'm just director of IT, uh, in terms of my set of responsibilities, you know, who are the people, what are the questions in, in a general sense, not meant to be exhaustive, uh, but what, how would you answer that? Oh, well, the question is going to be what your original ask was. Um, okay. Feel so, free to go back to the um, beginning of the question. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if the ask when you come to us is something that is already very tactical, uh, certainly we're going to go do our best to address that, you know, that focused request, you know, maybe there's okay. some technical challenge you have, you don't know how to do an integration or you're looking to uh, build out uh, a new capability within your organization. That's you know going to be very isolated to maybe one product, um, a proof of concept, if you will. Um, we're just going to go and help you there, right? We will okay. identify that we can draw a nice clean box around it. If your question is more, uh, related to something large and transformational where, you know, we have these, these grandiose, uh, ideas that we would like to go off and, and, and morph our business. Um, then we're going to start with the places that I've just laid out, right? We're going to start with that strategy. We're going to work down through, um, until we understand can break it into its milestones, uh, and lay it all out. Okay. So what about people? Yeah. What about people that need to be involved in this kind of thing? Um, Gosh, I know it's going to be so on transformation. <laughs> yeah. And I always think the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like uh, it should be direct. This type of change when it comes to doing it right. And obviously for the bigger projects that maybe are less tactical and you're helping, you're consulting to help people become more tactical, but that tactical needs to be part of the bigger plan. Um, you need some executive sponsorship at some degree or, I would imagine a lot of these things would just run into that wall eventually when they reach a certain degree of change required or something or investment. 
Yeah, so there's there's a, uh, several places that you're going to need to go, right? So obviously, you've got all your technical towers within the IT organization. Those those will almost all be impacted in some form or another, right? The people that manage data, the people that manage apps, the people that manage infrastructure are all going to have to come together, and, and the people that, that work on cyber, right? All those folks have to come together and, and be very well aligned. Um, you're going to need someone uh, that can... Uh, handle the process side. So the process side is going to be already covered from an IT perspective, but you need the business process owner okay. engaged. And quite often they're going to be your sponsor, right? Um, and, and that's the person that's going to be able to authorize uh, testing, changes, access to the employees that actually do the work, uh, talking to folks about how that work uh, works is uh, interconnected to other business processes. So, you know, the ins and outs. Um, you're going to need access to finance. Uh, those folks, you know, in your vendor management are, are most likely going to get engaged because you're going to change how you do your financing, what your what your cycles look like, uh, changing how contracting's done. Um, A little bit of what what you're talking about here sounds like that's one of the benefits of being outcome focused because I would imagine it's a much easier conversation if you've started with we're looking at making these changes. We want to make sure that we are maximizing what HR or some other group can achieve. And we want to understand what your needs are and you know, what are you getting or not getting today? You know, maybe some typical type of things in terms of being a service oriented type of uh, department um, within there. But I would imagine maybe the conversion to getting kind of executive sponsorship becomes more simple when, you can, when you've already started to do the work that says everything we're working on and asking for investment in, I could draw straight lines to the outcome benefiting the things that the business cares about. Um, which yeah. I would imagine. So maybe I'm answering somewhat of my own question there, but you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, that anybody that's you know been working in IT for any length of time uh, can can probably tell you about the struggles they have of trying to sell a new technology to the company. Yeah. Right. It almost always comes across as a, a solution looking for a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if, if to your point, if you've already defined your outcome and that's the problem and you have a solution for it and everybody's like oh you know now i'm listening now you have my attention i i love solutions to problems that we all feel that we have right so that's again I'll, I'll keep harping on the alignment piece right if we can get that laid out then this just all flows much more smoothly yeah the what's, I know what's in it for me yeah. is getting right. it on paper you said that's a challenge mm -hmm. yeah i would yeah, imagine I mean, you because know, uh, articulating it in a way that everybody nods their head and says yes i agree with that yeah. Let me, I was going to bring up, so, um, and it doesn't always directly relate to exactly what you do and some different things, but um, we've got some awesome resources. As always, we encourage everyone to to reach out to look at joining Worldwide Technology because when we say that, that's a different, it's not just go to the website, which you certainly can do and it's valuable. And there's things like um, being able to read up on these briefings as we're, as we're seeing here on screen. But the, the notion that um, of, of joining is so that you can engage at a different level with all the things that are going on with people like Paul. Um, but as I, and, and there's a couple of articles also that I recommend. Sorry, I had to look over to the screen. There's a couple of things. We have these links, I believe, in the same place. If you're logged in and you're watching the live stream, um, if you're not and you're watching it somewhere else, uh, depending on where these things get reposted, you can certainly go over to WWT. You'll find these resources. But these kind of things, these articles and case studies, which I find really interesting, um, in terms of what other organizations have been through, there's one other that will link around. I think this one was Jimmy. Jo oh no, uh, Jersey Mike's. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some sandwich people mad at me if I don't get these right. Um, 
but th these are great resources and these are just examples, but the briefings and such, um, are, there's everything from workshops to briefings and other uh, very customized engagements that are all possible. As little or as much as you want, there's going to be something there uh, to offer as I'm speaking to the audience. But Paul, as we wrap things up, uh, I just want to give you a chance to say any final words of, of encouragement, <laughs> uh, any uh, recommendations or final thoughts on what people should remember coming out of this? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I would suggest that uh, what people are trying to get is a faster time to value for their cloud uh, programs. And the way that you're going to do that is understanding what uh, your business requirements are, understanding where your business vision is going, uh, and bridging those groups together to uh, work just relentlessly towards that vision. Um, I think those are the, the keys. Um, and again, just keep it focused on time to value, right? The, the true business value for the cloud. Yeah, because there, there are a lot of pitfalls on this road. And, um, and depending on how you define it, and as it kind of started off, this notion of uh, when we have trouble defining cloud, that almost becomes a foreshadowing to the fact that if you can't define cloud and what that means for your organization, then that's probably a pretty good red flag that there's some deeper questions that need to be addressed before you're making either big investments. Because what you're seeing, Paul, it sounds like it's, uh, as much as logical and as straightforward as that sounds, it's apparently not what's happening, at least not across the board. Uh, there's still quite a few examples, it sounds like, where it's happening uh you're saying people are starting on this kind of thing and then only realizing in the middle of the process that they don't have really well-defined um, uh, things in place to make sure that they hit those objectives. That's correct. I mean, eventually yeah. they'll make it through, uh, but uh, it's, it's going to take them a lot longer than it maybe needed to. Yeah. No. Well, that makes, um, that makes sense. Words of wisdom. I appreciate that, Paul. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on, uh, on Tech 37. And want to thank the audience, of course, as well. Thank you for joining us. As always, continue to uh, leave questions and comments. Uh, all at www.t.com. Get engaged. Let's make sure we do this right the first time. And we're here to help you do it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.